When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hello, Blanket Huggers. Stefan here. On March 28th, 2021, Josh and I received a message through our website's Submit a Sighting form from someone claiming to be Terry R. Wrist, the man referenced in Hell Here and the man interviewed by Alan Greenfield in Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts. From there, we received a number of cryptic emails filled with information on places to search for answers to the larger mystery of the quest and journey Josh and I have been on. So we decided, fake or not, we should take it seriously, as much of the information given panned out and definitely opened our eyes to many new things. So we enlisted the help of Astral Stew co-host Santosh and Fearscape guest and Greenfield's publisher Olaf Phillips. Together the four of us have been digging deeper and deeper into not only the true identity of our source of paranormal gold, whether he is the Terry Wrist or not, but also into the mystery of the information given us. It has led us to some amazing doors into such things as the Secret Space Program, Hollow Earth, Darrow and Tarot, caves, underground bases, government cover-ups and conspiracies, and so much more. So if you would like to learn more about these emails, Terry's advice on where to look for more high strangeness, and our conversations and discoveries thus far, please become a monthly subscriber to our Patreon called Wristwatch at fearscapepodcast.com support or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. There you can get access to the emails themselves, the WhatsApp conversation about it all with Josh, myself, Santosh, and Olaf, and even any new clues that we have found. You can even join the investigation and add anything you have found to help us dive deeper into the mystery. You will also get access to other Fearscape-related things, such as extended interviews with guests not aired on the show, early access to Estes sessions with us and friends, and so much more. Wristwatch is a Patreon exclusive for our most dedicated fans. Join today and discover why the truth is now. Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. gentlemen to another fantastic and frightening and uh 
filigree pedigree effigy uh episode of fearscape paranormal podcast i'm your host stephan gearhart i am joined as always by the splendorific superific co-host of mine mr josh abraham rutledge i was gonna say charismatic as one of the descriptions of tonight's Mm -mm, too close to baptist preacher oh okay well i mean you did just channel that in your voice there a little bit i did i did and i apologize (laughs) <laughs> Take it back. But 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 a little fitting uh, for tonight's uh, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We got a really cool show tonight. We're going to be uh, interviewing, getting spooky, as we like to say, with the author of Demons Among Us, M.R. Gorga. I'm super pumped because this book is frightening. Um, it is true tales of uh, true real life stories from the paranormal but a lot of demons <laughs> yeah um and I'll, I'll say that the i have to keep this book either uh face down or underneath another book because i'm afraid that the cover will scare my kids scare the kids scares me like i gotta <laughs> flip it over i don't like it um it is a spooky spooky uh image there um but it's it's fascinating read i'm super excited to talk to uh mr gorga and uh and talk about uh just all this jazz but before we get into that of course we got to get into all the other things that we get into like reminding people to like share rate and review this podcast <laughs> And if you happen to be listening to this particular episode on YouTube, because all of our podcast episodes are uploaded to YouTube automatically, please like and comment on the video. If you would do so, that helps our ratings on YouTube as well. Absolutely. Yeah, you can subscribe on there, too. We got, you know, uh, more than just the podcasts on there. We also have, you know, some TV shows on there like Astral Stew that just dropped here last week um, with me, Santosh and Josh. And surprisingly, and this was unintentional, um, the the episode of Astral Stew is about demons. We we right. really philosophize about demons. So, <laughs> and so very interesting it was totally i mean we recorded that a month ago you know like it's just crazy to me that it, you know we've got a guy that's super into demons i guess yeah <laughs> so, but so anyways yeah, yeah anyways yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our first segment of the week of course which is my favorite the encyclopedic psychic dictionary presents psychic word of the week and now Psychic word of the week. Right, psychic word of the week, of course, from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary. Weird that this book itself sponsors this segment. (laughs) And not like the published book, but just literally the book I have in my hand, like sponsors this segment, just this one. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Junji Bletzer, rest in peace, honey bear. She's the one that wrote this fantastic uh, dictionary here. Um, and I flipped through the pages like we normally do, and I landed on page, uh, where to go? Um, 471. And the phrase that uh, caught my uh, eyes here is, is it just says picked up, picked up. Uh, And what picked up says is to perceive psychic information by tuning into a person without any 
preparation or outward sign for this information can be used for one's personal protection, but is considered poor taste to frequently allow information about another's personal life enter one's mind without their permission. Usage being, while, uh, for example, while I was waiting for you to come, I picked up that you would have some good news for me. So that that kind of thing. So basically sensing um, yeah. kind of intuition intuition yeah um just so, picking up on something you know like especially on i would say an emotion you know oh i picked up that you were going to be in a bad mood so i brought you pizza <laughs> yeah so that's just uh, being observant but <laughs> anyways right. well what when you first started talking about it I, it made me think of um the movie unbreakable uh bruce willis's character you know he could just like be in a when he goes to the train station and he's just like trying to find somebody to help you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just kind of like standing there and people are brushing by him and he's picking up glimpses right. of things that they've done. So mm-hmm. not to give too much away in the movie. But anyways. Um, Spoiler if alert. If you haven't seen it yet, it's a spectacular movie and I highly recommend it. Also, I recommend Powder. Powder is a good movie. I, <laughs> I don't know if like you were making a joke or not, but it really is a good movie. It was. It's just the movie I like to throw out there. Um, anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I hope you guys have picked up on the fact that we're about to move to the next segment, which is the UAP sighting of the week. All right, Josh. UAP sighting, UFO sighting of the week. This gets even more crazy the closer we get to supposed disclosure though the new york times is already saying i don't think it's gonna be all that good um but yeah so what do we got for the uap sighting of the week so this actually happened on uh may 29th of this year so just a few days ago and uh, this happened in destin florida let me go a little something like this I wasn't sure who to contact about this, but I figured I would try here. At 11.30 p.m. on May 29th in Destin, Florida, my girlfriend and I walked down to the beach to lay on a blanket and look at the stars. I sat for a couple minutes telling her about some astronomy facts and about white dwarfs and red dwarfs that if you stare long enough, you can actually see reds and blues and colors of the stars, etc. We started to realize that we thought was a star was moving around. It, it seemed closer than the other stars, but still very high up. It was not an airplane or a satellite or the Starlink train. It didn't go in one direction, but meandered around the sky. It was very fast. If you were looking at a jet fly in the sky, let's say that would move an inch or two every 20 seconds or so. This was moving maybe four to five times that speed. There didn't really seem to be a pattern to its movement. After staring for some time, we realized there were more, many more like this. There were 20 to 30 of the objects that appeared to follow all along the coastline. They seemed to move independently, like the first we saw, randomly going north, east, southwest. Others in sets of three or four seemed to move as one in the same directional patterns. To confirm I wasn't seeing things or imagining this because it was simply unbelievable, I picked one and asked her to tell me which way she saw the movement. She described to me the same movements I saw, toward the ocean, to the right, etc. 
There were no red green lights. It was too high to be a drone or airplane, and it was not consistent directional movement. The Starlink satellite train are all in a line in consistent directional movement. This was not that. They were never close to each other and seemed to equal distant or cross-hatched across the coast. Honestly, we were shaking scared and did not stick around to see them leave. We watched for about 20 minutes and then left the beach. I am well educated and a scientific thinker, and I lean more towards a secret military action versus, say, aliens. The fact they were all along the U.S. coast and that they were so many of them, it seemed like it could be a space array or some kind of defense ships. But they were so fast, it could not be any publicly known flight technology. I tried to video it on my phone, but it was impossible. They were too high up. The photograph was light pollution from the hotels and condos. We are okay with the fact almost no one will believe us. So, you know, I lived and worked in Seaside, Florida for a summer in 2004, which is right in between Destin and Panama City. And I'm telling you, like, I remember thinking I saw all kinds of shit because we used to party on the beach and stuff at night, um, but we'd always be drinking. So I kind of wrote it off as kind of drinking. But man, I mean, because just the sky is big because you're looking out at the ocean and things like that. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you, UAP person. I'm with you. Well, and and I remember, uh, so, you know, I think it was last year, I can't remember, last year, year before, we went to, family and I went to, you know, we went to Vero Beach, mm-hmm. and there was a night where it was like a movie night on, out on the lawn, and so the kids were watching Little Mermaid, I think, and I was looking up at the night sky and looking out over the ocean, and I was seeing some stuff moving around, um, and then... I think we watched uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and Greer did something at Vero Beach. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that because we they, talked about that in our Close Encounters episode. Yeah, and they had some stuff like show up kind of above the water, off in the distance. So, um, and you know, in, in it seems like the way things are pointing, uh, the fact that there's been all these accounts that the government has confirmed have been over water. It kind of seems like maybe that is going to be the location where future, you know, extensive UAP sighting events begin to occur is kind of out over the oceans and things. So nice, nice, very, very cool, man. Very, very cool. And I'm just telling you, that's a good one for to have just been happening recently. And I'm telling you, I think with all the UFOs and UAP stuff being in the mainstream media and things like that, I think you're going to start to, before even disclosure, you're going to start seeing more and more people being okay with telling their stories of things that they've seen uh, and, and things like that. We've definitely gotten hit with a lot of people being much more open about it. Let me let me let me propose this, and I don't know, um, but is it possible that the number of people who previously were non-believers, who are now willing to be believers, or at least believe that you know there are things in the sky that we don't understand? We're not necessarily saying they're aliens, whatever, just but there are things in the sky we don't understand. Mm-hmm. That the number of people that are doing that have shifted so much that it has raised the frequency, um, and we are almost manifesting if you will not to say that's not real but but we are encouraging let's say the 
entities that are operating or, or the, the, the whatever's behind the UFO, we are encouraging that uh, to phenomena to occur more frequently and more in the open because of the number of believers that are increasing in the world. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, maybe. It's a good thought. Very, very good thought. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> you can I get my good. you did can I can I get my esoteric diploma now? Yeah. Um it's gonna be uh, held in the ether uh and the astral plane, so there's a scavenger hunt. It's, it's my astro plane. It's my astro plane. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you for that UAP sighting of the week. Uh, let's go ahead and move to Creepy Ketchup so that we can go on and get to uh, MR Gorga. So here we go with Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. Uh, creepy Ketchup. I have jack shit nothing. I it, it, I don't have anything. Um, just gonna just throw it out there. I I went to uh, I went to uh, San Diego. I very much expected we were in this old church. I expected something. Nothing. I was out on the on the water. Went whale watching. Was super cool. I didn't see any ghost ships. Um, so yeah, <laughs> nothing, man. It's been a pretty but, empty week. So. But also, you weren't really looking for any of it, right? I was very much looking for it. Every really? night I went out, I was looking out at the stars trying to see something. Like hmm. I was looking, I was I was looking. Huh. I just know that sometimes when I go on trips and stuff, I'm more focused about the trip and not so much about, you know, looking. So I Yeah, know. but you got kids. I all I had yeah. to focus on was my wife and what we were eating. So <laughs> You got I, you had I, Kenobi with you? I did. I did. He could have been pretty, like he's pretty like Ted. Dad, play Tetris. Dad, play Tetris. Oh, I wish he was like that. He's like, can we sleep more? <laughs> so, but so anyways, anyways, so, but you said earlier you had some stuff going on. I did. On. I've, I've had some odd things happening. Um, so, a couple nights ago, about a week ago, I went out. Actually, it was the, it was the night that we um, got on and talked to Olav uh, uh, on his uh, on his podcast. Oh, that's right. The- yeah, we were recently on yeah. Olav's podcast, me, you, and Santosh, and that was a fantastic. Yeah. Um, wow, what a good conversation talking and, about terrorists, uh, terrorists, and all that. So, so in, in preparation, because uh, that was recording at one a.m. my time, um, mm-hmm. and um, so I was trying to keep myself awake. So I was out in my backyard. Um, so I stepped out just to look at the night sky. Within seconds of stepping out, I saw three different lights moving around the sky. So I was like, well, I'm going to run inside and get my night vision camera, and I'm going to set that up. So I ran inside, got it all figured, came back out. I saw all kinds of stuff moving around. I uploaded the video um, to YouTube, and some of the stuff that I saw moving around, I went back and watched the video. There was other things moving around in the video that I didn't even see at the time that I was recording the video. Hmm. I'll have to rewatch. I've watched it a couple times. So that's interesting. But I mean, then I caught this like weird thing that was kind of like skipping across mm-hmm. the sky and then it disappeared. Um, so anyway, so that was that stuff. Uh, I, I've gone out every clear night since then, but I've not, there's not been anything. I like, I'll, I'll go out there and stand for 20 or 30 minutes and, and nothing. So it's like, it was that night was the, was the high activity night. And it just happened to coincide with the night that we were going to talk to Olav about 
all the stuff with terrorists. Well, and you remember right before we started recording with Olaf, Olaf saw a sighting. Right. He was yeah. freaking the heck out. He was like, oh, my God. And his co-host was like, yeah, 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 we're trying to do something right now. And Olaf was like, shut <laughs> up. I just saw a freaking <laughs> UFO. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, talk, you know, kind of thinking back about my comment about uh, if you're thinking about or, or willing it to happen, is that when it happens? I don't know. But um, then the other stuff that I've had is um, so today getting uh, preparing for you know the day of we're going to do this interview um i was uh, working on working on some stuff around the house and i came out of my daughter's bedroom and the light in their in the bathroom that they use predominantly was flickering like flashing really fast but not a steady rhythm it was more like it almost seemed like morse code although i didn't <laughs> I didn't record it to try to go back and see what you was going on. You got some but... Stranger Things action happening. <laughs> you need to set up your Christmas lights. I don't know. So <laughs> so I turned off the light and turned it back on, and it continued. So I was like, well, maybe it's a faulty bulb. So I took the bulb out, put it back in the same socket. As soon as I put it back in, it started doing that weird kind of flickering thing again. So I took it all the way out, took another bulb out of the same light, moved it to that position, put the bulb that was flickering back in that you know, the one I removed no longer flickered. Mm. I swapped them back around again, no longer flickered. Mm. I was going to say I have a, an electrician friend, but I don't know now. I don't <laughs> no, that's, know. Well, and I have been all today, I have been seeing shadows moving around to, like in my peripheral. So maybe something was trying to get my attention. I don't know. I I haven't yet, but Probably before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to just walk around and kind of uh, cleanse the house a little bit. But. I mean, if you'd have just hung your Christmas lights up, like I said, you could have, <laughs> like, put a Ouija board out there and it had just done all the work for you. <laughs> well, that's that's one thing I have not I have not uh, tried to do is a Ouija board without either yourself or Santosh. Oh, just doing it by yourself? Yeah. I, it's, I, it's, it's tricky. I mean, the one time I did it when we were ghost hunting, it was an accident. I mean, I didn't even mean to. It was just, I don't know, it just kind of happened. But, I mean, to me, it's almost like it's like trying to read tarot for yourself. You can't trust it. Yeah. Well, that's what I would would, would feel like. Am I moving the piece? Exactly. I mean, and that's that's the sad part. I mean, mean, that's sad because then when you got other people, you can't trust it either because then you're like, what was that, Santosh? (laughs) Yeah. So it's a lose lose situation. It's, yeah. it's like it's like you it's like UFO videos. It's like oh that's yeah. so fuzzy. How come it's never <laughs> HD? Oh that's HD. It Gotta be, be special effects. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You either you either have to trust it or you don't, right? Yep. I guess. So. I guess so. But anyways, uh, before we, uh, which thank you for sharing that, by the way. Uh, But before we get to our interview, we wanted to share an excerpt from uh, Gorga's book, Demons Among Us, just to kind of give you a little taste of what this book is going to be about. Um, It's various stories, but this is just an excerpt from one of the stories that we chose that we liked uh, a lot. So uh, we're going to go through this excerpt and then we're going to take a very small break and then we'll be back with M.R. Gorga. So stick around. The sun had set when Elizabeth's tongue loosed at last, uncurled. For an incredible five days, Wednesday through Sunday, she was rendered speechless. 
Released from the cruel conjuration, Elizabeth collapsed into a spat of bitter tears, as she had done after each prior episode. Tormented, dejected, and depressed, Elizabeth again bemoaned her pathetic existence. Awash in her own sense of worthlessness, she anguished over how useless she felt. Once again, the grief had altered her appearance somehow. The hard edges vanished from her face, and what remained seemed more like a helpless child than a budding juvenile. Elizabeth pleaded for prayer, but were her appeals earnest? They sounded sincere enough, but Samuel couldn't tell for certain. Samuel was ill-prepared for what was next. The following night, after much of the same embittered remorse, Elizabeth, for whatever reason, suddenly grew chatty. Whether to unburden her soul, confess sins, or end the sufferings, Samuel could not tell. It mattered not. She was talking. Samuel wanted just one thing, the truth. And in a stroke of providence, as it pleased God to settle his thoughts, Elizabeth Knapp offered another addition to her already twisted tale. Careful to not interrupt, Samuel gave a ready ear as Elizabeth began cautiously, and then the words tumbled unshamedly. I, I have traveled with the devil twice to Lancaster. Elizabeth watched for his response, to which he crossed his arms. Only with his eyes did he say, continue. She did. He shooed himself as a dog, a black one, with eyes on its back. On both journeys, I followed on my horse whilst he led the way. Sometimes he would stop the beast as we went, and sometimes he would leap beside me or come leaping from behind. And when I did enter again the town, if there was any company around, he would go before about 40 roads as to not arouse suspicion. Once, somewhere between here and Lancaster, he drew me off course and into a bog alone, where he became a man. How it was possible, I know not. One moment he was a dog, a black dog, and next, a man. He held a great red book in his hand. There, he did argue with me over a compact and demanded I set my hand to his book, else he would kill me. Ridiculous, ridiculous, but perhaps true, Samuel reasoned. The story rang equally bizarre and disturbing, but was there a kernel of truth to it? Samuel suspected there was. The SCP multiverse is under constant assault, and destruction can come at any moment. Therefore, having just one database is a folly the Foundation can no longer accept. Join Dr. Kevin Milgram and SCP-073, Kane, as they create an oral history of the SCP Foundation in Memories of Kane, an SCP story, hosted by Daniel Dremus. For should the Foundation fall, the unkillable first murderer of man will live on. New episodes drop every second Wednesday of the month on the Fearscape Media Network. Visit fearscapemedia.com for more information. Good evening, dear friends. I am your headmister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we are the Misters of the Dark. Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films, 
and even pretty princesses. Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network. (laughs) That's a good laugh. And thank you guys so much for sticking around after the break. We are back with the author of Demons Among Us, M.R. Gorga. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show, sir. This is an absolute pleasure as Josh and I both absolutely loved and feared this book. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. And um, I'm glad you could uh, experience the fear that is in the book. (laughs) Well, uh, before we had you on, we were joking about how the cover itself is absolutely frightening and you got to turn it upside down when you go to bed <laughs> i mean you are not the only one that t- tells me that because i'm hearing from everyone a lot of people they say they turn this book over at night because it's so freaky yeah. and it was yeah i mean i i lock it in a safe in the basement it's, you know <laughs> with holy water and with a, yeah. that's and smart then I, and then i that's bury smart. it in the backyard i have to dig it up every time i want to read it but, you know, it's worth it. well it's funny because i've got blinds on my window and so just enough light comes in and it illuminates that white face just enough that you could see it and i'm like i'm just gonna flip that over it's fine it's it's very freaky it's almost like it's you know perfect. that jesus painting that follows you it's kind of it's it's a freaky freaky thing yes. and it's a reminder why i love physical books is sometimes yeah. the cover can sell me before i even see what it is and this is one of them man like just the cover grabs me and i'm already ready to dig in well, the, yeah, in, the, in the face kind of reminds me a little bit about, um, uh, what's it, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of like artwork that's in that book is, is what it reminds that me gritty, of. Right. That gritty yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had a great cover designer. He really nailed it. I mean, oh, it was fantastic. Some, you know, trying to translate what you, something that you see in the, in the spiritual realm or in the, you know, the supernatural realm. Yeah and convey it to an artist and say this is <laughs> this is what we're working with here and he really did capture it very very well yeah. well yeah. that's fantastic man well again and, thank you so much for taking your time to be on here man we're very excited to chat with you just about too. this book about you about everything man <laughs> right josh we've been talking about this for a minute <laughs> yeah i mean it's um well and it what really kind of i don't know <clears throat> we we just did we so we do a youtube show uh, uh, me and Stefan and our friend Santosh called Astral Stew. We just talked about a bunch of weird, you know, esoteric type things. Yep. And, and it's funny because we just did an episode talking about demons. Um, and uh, then, you know, it just happens to coincide with uh, us doing this uh, interview here tonight. So one of the things that really I wanted, I've been meaning to ask you, I wanted to ask you is why demons? Like, what was it that pulled you in? Uh, well, let's you know what. Once you have like so many experiences with, um, you know, dealing with demonic entities and demonic attacks and assaults and, you know, all kinds of you know, freaky things, strangulations, mm-hmm. visible invisible hands and yeah. things of that nature. And once you experience you know so many of these things, I thought that. Um, I thought to actually um, write the book just to um, inform people of 
what is happening in the in the realm that they cannot see right and there's a world happening all around them that influences them whether they know it or not and uh and these things are really happening and i i really kind of wanted to get the word out there with demons among us and um just to tell what was happening in the spiritual realm all around you know well and and it's really so i think two two things come to mind um is one um these things are happening uh kind of like ufos they're happening whether you believe or accept them or not yeah, that's right. right. They don't care if you believe or not. Right. They are who um, they are. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and then secondly, um, if you have a, uh, a religious upbringing, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're predispositioned to having one of these encounters. Uh, well, right. Well, in my case, I became um, a follower of Christ at 26. And and once i did that that's when i started having these really demonic episodes because anytime that you um you make a decision like that uh or anytime um if you're in ministry and you start and you start climbing up or getting more powerful or more stronger in the Mm -hmm. faith the more susceptible you are to these attacks because what happens is that you you change teams, so to say, and now you have to play against that <laughs> that team and they're coming after you because they don't like that decision. And if you become influential, if you become uh, strong in your faith, if you become powerful in prayer life, if you become anything of that, you become a threat, which makes you a target. And that's what happened in my case. Uh, and that's why I experience um, so many of these uh, attacks yeah i can vibe with that a little bit i can remember um during my big christian days too i felt constantly attacked like i can remember before i would even fall asleep things like that but it also reminds me very much of ralph sarchi if you guys aren't familiar he's the nypd sergeant and detective Mm -hmm. that became a demonologist Uh, Mm um great book beware the night and then a movie with uh, eric banna deliver us from evil fantastic Mm -hmm. story but if you know anything about him you know that it just gets worse and worse and worse and he as a cop had this demon episode thing happen that he was on a case on that changed everything for him uh and so again here's another situation it's kind of like not even necessarily religion but it's like you open your eyes Mm -hmm. and you say okay i would like to learn more you get ready because you will oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean it that stuff is out there it's real um and you know obviously there's a, a wide audience out there who doesn't kind of you know believe it or right. or whatever and that's that's fine they don't want you to believe right <laughs> that's how they keep functioning because once your eyes get open that's when you become a threat and that's when um you can stop um like you can you have um you can have influence over um you, you can have authority over them hmm. and you can stop you know many you know many things and you know spiritual plots of wickedness so to right. say well and um it it kind of remains reminds me a little bit about uh Stefan, when you were at um was it whispers 
the uh, when you got yeah. when you got the claw marks mm-hmm. uh, on you. I yeah. don't think I don't know that that was necessarily demonic, but but yeah. there was definitely something there that was uh, not pleased with your presence. Oh, for sure. I mean, and you know my history. I mean, just half the things that MR mentioned there, I've been through with the, the invisible choking, the being yep. held down and slapped, and um, many of these things throughout the years. Uh, you know, I mean, growing up Catholic, I mean, when I grew up Catholic, I mean, I was so absolutely frightened of those things. And, you know, now I look back with my paranormal eyes and I go, were those things there? Those things that I recall happening as a kid and, and things like that. Now you go, okay, maybe it did happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, those things are real. And it's, and it's, and it happens to so many people and, and people always kind of like slap the label on them. Like, Oh, you're crazy or you're, you're this or that. And it, it's been happening for thousands of years. Just if you think about the number of people, <laughs> this has happened to, if you look at it at a at a numerical level, it's impossible that all these people are crazy throughout yeah. centuries of these things happening. Yeah. So well, it's and, and really when you, if you roll problem. if you if you roll all of really if you roll all of paranormal stuff into one big bucket, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's ghosts, demons, UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, the whole, you know, stuff that I didn't even mention there. If you roll all that up into one group, right. the amount of people who have seen or experienced any of those things far outweigh the number of people who can't or who, who haven't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, Especially those that have, there's a ton of people that haven't admitted to it either. Yeah. <laughs> oh. and, so, and so the likelihood that, that that many people are crazy. Is, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a really funny thing about this book is, um, <clears throat> I really have people coming out of the woodwork who are really not comfortable telling their story, but for some reason they read the book and then they reach out to me and they say, you know, this has happened to me. Mm-hmm. And they start sharing their story. And it was like, you know, a really, it's a really cool thing because these people thought they were crazy and right. you know, or whatever. And you're not, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, I consider yeah, myself that's... a pretty normal guy. I'm like, <laughs> Well, yeah, coherent and, and you know and uh but yeah, and even my own mother even oh. my own mother yeah <laughs> even my own mother she so she read the book and she says you know um i have a story i've never told anyone no one and this is what happened to me when i was 16 years old and she went on to tell me this story and i'm like how you're my mother. How could you not have Where said have you been? Where it? have you been? Right. It's like yeah. me. I found out I've been into like new agey psychic stuff like that for a long time. And then come to find out my dad was in a com- commune for a summer. He oh, wow. like did transcendental meditation. He did automatic writing, was astral traveling. And I'm like, where have you been? Why am I just now finding out about this? <laughs> Next thing he's going to tell you is that he was invited on a ship to go to Venus. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. With- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, you know, uh, one of the, oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, I was just going to say that 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 whole idea of people coming out of the woodwork. I mean, that's one of the things that we uh, one of the I'd say main reasons that we do the show on a weekly basis is to encourage people that's to come out say. and share their story because they're not alone. Um, you know, and, and it's we we have to break the taboo that is associated with so much of this stuff. Well, it's Um, interesting because they even send them to us and know that they've listened to the show since the get-go. We've got, you know, 150 episodes, and they're still like, 
So please don't think I'm crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, anything that's not understandable, uh, anything that's not be uh, that's not easily um, explained scientifically. Um, that's when you just start slapping labels on people. You're crazy, or you're seeing yeah. things, or you're hallucinating. You're like, oh, you know, okay. we haven't because found you know the science that, that uh, understands it. Doesn't mean that science doesn't exist. It just hasn't been found out yet. Well, they function beyond it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a superior intelligence is what we're talking about with demons, and so they function not as this world functions. They don't need to be figured out scientifically because they're beyond any natural means. They're supernatural beings. And we have our natural ways of going about things, but these are supernatural superior intelligences that we're talking about here. And it's not going to be diagnosed by uh, scientific, um, you know, man's scientific methods. Well, and, and, and even, if, even if there is a science that explains it, uh, that science may be so so far advanced from what we understand as science today, mm-hmm. we would likely discount it and say it's magic or religious fooey or or whatever yeah. the case may be. So yeah, there's there's always there's always a a term that they slap on there. So oh, yeah, I mean it's like just look at the even the the. I even have to say it, the pseudoscience that is out there um, that talks about energy and things like that. And looking at now the power of prayer, the science that's gone behind that to see the power of prayer or chanting or any of these things um, intent really at the end of the day were, you know, there's a lot of, in my opinion, proof, but it's, it's interesting how some of that has real scientific experimentation behind it yet Mm -hmm. still gets Mm -hmm. considered pseudoscience. Yeah, of course, because again, it's it's not an easily understandable thing. Well, and, and neither was fire. <laughs> well, and and I think a lot of people also um, even, and I'll and I'll say this and probably get in trouble, but a lot of diehard scientists, I think, have made science their religion. One hundred percent. And so, um, anything that threatens or um, or goes against their understanding of the world through their science religion is a threat to their belief system mm-hmm. instead of an opportunity to have a greater understanding of what is happening in the world, the cosmos, the universe, whatever you want to say. Right. Of course, because they're going to see everything through the lens of which they look through. Correct. Just like, you know, um, you know, you're going to see the world through the lens you look through and the way I look through or we you know you know josh looks through and uh so everybody's gonna see through a different lens in a sense so um but yeah so if you're looking through through a purely scientific uh lens you're gonna be very very skeptical until you get attacked by your own demon right right and then it's all (laughs) and that's when the gloves are off oh isn't that the case and that and that's why i'm a big horror movie fan no surprise that's why i always get so frustrated because it's always the dad that's always like you are crazy honey or the or the parents that are both like the kids crazy until it happens to them and all of a sudden (laughs) they're like you're right like we could have solved this eight 
weeks ago and moved out already. Exactly. Yeah, we, we could yes. have solved it 30 minutes into the film. and then we been <laughs> Exactly. We could have prevented all this crazy stuff happening in the home. The like that's crazy. That's a, the things being thrown at you. The like, ghosts like that, of the Warrens showing up. I mean, we could have you know, gotten away with all of it. I feel like that's an indie film waiting to happen. Like they just they, they set up this whole demonic possession thing in the house. The parent goes to the to the family and says, I'm being possessed by a demon. And the family just says, okay. And they pack up their shit and they move. And, just like, <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's a great sketch. That's <laughs> the premise of a lot of them, right? Yeah, well, but they yeah. don't do that. They go two hours into it. Right. Then they're <laughs> Though sometimes like poltergeist, they call in people and they go, well, what is this? Because it ain't gone super crazy, even though the kid got attacked by a clown. Like, by a clown, I got sucked into TV. Yeah, My kid got stuck into a TV, but that's okay. I'm just gonna live here. <laughs> We're gonna a little call this short yeah. little psychic lady. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll work <laughs> this thing out somehow. <laughs> I'm a guy that'll get her out of the TV. Um, so but you uh, know what? I was going to say a question that I had to something we brought up on Astral Stew. Um, we never know what we're going to talk about. It just kind of spurns out of a conversation and demons kind of came up. But we were talking about <laughs> demons and whether or not they are uh, specifically uh, delegated to Christianity. Or do we take a look at demons being a bigger, older kind of thing that maybe came from the Sumerians or other cultures? I mean, we know, you know. Judaism and things like that, and and even Islam and stuff like that has yeah. demons. So, what's your opinions on that? Uh, well, again, I'm going to look through it uh, through a biblical lens. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to agree with what the Bible says. What these beings are, um, I'm going to agree with what it says that that these are falling, uh, fallen, rebellious uh, angels mm -hmm. that rebelled against God uh, and created a war. Uh, in heaven and because of that result because um, Satan or Lucifer <clears throat> Lucifer wanted to be as God and sit as God and uh, so and because of that um, <clears throat> him and his army of, of angels um, got thrust out of heaven as a penalty and this is what um, this is what demons are they're they're um exiled angels and so they are um they have a superior intellect um they have a superior um you know form um they're able to transform into any kind of um thing that you know, person or mm -hmm. uh figure or they're able to transform um into a relative mimic its voice wear its clothes um and so they're they're capable of great and grave deceit and because of they're so superior in in cunning and intellect and um <clears throat> that's why it's it's easy for them to deceive people as though they don't exist mm -hmm. um because they're they're deceivers and they're liars um and it's uh, and that's why um, and the, the influence is not easily seen because um, they have the ability to deceive people and deceived people do not know they're deceived. That's why it's called deception. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about it like that, you know, we look at the fall of the uh, angels, generally assumed to be about one third of the angels. Uh, one third, yeah. Because uh, that was the thing I did when I was a kid. I used to imagine if I had demons that there were two angels to every demon that was trying to punch me in the face. Like, that's how I thought about it. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, that was before man. And so we can take a look that even before Moses left Egypt and things like that, other cultures would be able to see. I mean, you know, a religion is not, if, if things are true in one religion, that means they exist outside of that religion too. Right, they're not the in a religion. And angels are, you know, within Judaism. They and we assume they are 100% real. That means they exist outside of that. And so right. these other uh, images and things like that that we see from other cultures and things like that very much still could be one and the same that are spoken about in the Bible and throughout. Uh, right. Well, and of course, in every every um, civilization has had their uh, image of evil. Uh, images of what the devil is uh, or a form of the devil uh, and so I it, it it functions outside of the term religion yeah because you know devils and demons and fallen angels they're not Christian they're not <laughs> they're right, yeah. you know they are they function outside of what we would deem re like religion because <clears throat> so you have to you have to kind of have to understand like they come from the realm of god right right they come from heaven and they um they fell out of relationship with god not a religion they fell out of favor with god and they did and they they lost of the love of god not the loss of religion they lost the relationship well, and, and one of the, I was going to kind of bring it around to something that we've been talking about, Stefan, um, is, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. The war in heaven, uh, is that the uh, astral plane war uh, that we've been uh, talking about with some other folks? Maybe, or, or pre before. Or, or, uh, or even the uh, fallen angels, could they equal the Darrow? I mean, possibly. But, you know, one thing I was thinking, it's interesting because uh, when it comes to religion and UFOs specifically, I'm going to say this, there's a lot of people that think that God, gods, angels, demons, and things like that were ancient aliens, right? But then there's also this group of people that think that aliens are demons, right? So it's like, it's this weird, like, um, like I don't know, cap on either side but opposite spectrum it's really really interesting it's 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 something that's starting to pop back up in the ufo community are people coming back around saying that aliens and ufos are uh demons and yeah. the devil and things like that which is a really interesting thing to me i believe that as well i fall into that camp because again going back to um it being able to transform into any kind of form um, it says, biblically speaking, the Bible says that the uh, the devil himself transformed can transform himself into an angel of light, right? So you take the most evil creature <laughs> who starts to masquerade as this thing that's good. Now that's just whatever form that might take, but that's just one form, and he can transform, or they can transform into any thing that they want. So there's it's not a stretch of the imagination to believe that they can transform themselves into an image of aliens. And, um, you know, and as the latter days, uh, uh, 
as we keep going on and on towards like, you know, the end days, mm -hmm. greater deceptions abound. And so there's going to be great deceptions. That could be just one of them. Yeah. So what you were referencing, I was familiar with that was Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, And I always found that verse very, very interesting because we always we always looked at it through the through the eyes going backwards and saying he was the angel of light and transformed into Satan. And it's interesting that this verse says the opposite, says that Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. That's and right. so the question that we always had, um, always, always back when we went to Bible school, me and Josh back in the day, was always talking about um, uh, just evil itself. You know, did God create evil? You know, like did, you know, because the angels are said to not have free will like us, yet Satan and those angels got to choose to take the leap, right? Well, they do have free free will. Um, if they didn't have free will, they couldn't choose to love God or rebel against God. Right. Um, so there is the, you know, there is the example of free will. Uh, you worship him or you could try to set yourself up as <laughs> as God instead. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, but let me let me just clear one thing up, because before the fall, um, Lucifer was the highest, most beautiful um, being God ever created. He was like the highest angel in heaven. And um, he has he was a guardian of the over the throne of God cherub cherubim uh and uh he was built into his form where um musical or you know things of music that create music whatever that looked like so and he was formed um with uh jewels gold barrel onyx sapphire so when that's why they call him the son of the morning or the morning star right it's because when he moved he flashed and it was like Lucifer was heaven's rock star and angels sang the devil's songs in worship so when Lucifer fell he became Satan Satan is a title it means deceiver adversary so when we talk about Satan Satan is his title but his name is Lucifer and so that's just something I, I think is important for the audience to know, too. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, well, I wanted to move. I wanted to shift away from the religious talk so that we don't get caught up in that um, and really kind of go back to talking about the book a little bit because and not just the book, but I mean, you know, you've got some pretty crazy stories in here and i know those aren't all the stories that are in the book but what's a what what is one story in particular that just keeps you up at night still um of a true tale that you are aware of or hell you're a personal one uh, there's a lot i um, the, <laughs> the the one that most intrigues me is um is chapter two it's about uh it's the first fully documented fully recorded case of demonic possession in american history and it was reported decades before the salem witch trials mm -hmm. and that's a story that takes place between a 16 year old girl and a minister uh of a little town called groton it was a frontier town it was a forest town 
uh, not many residents and uh, it took place in the minister's home. Um, and he started and he was, um, she started exhibiting some strange behavior. And so he, um, <clears throat> after two weeks of observing her, he decided to start journaling and he wrote down what was happening um, to this girl um, for 90 days. Uh, he wrote down blow by blow the things that were happening in his home, things that were happening uh, to her. Um, and ultimately, it's uh, a case of possession where she started speaking another, vo- you know, with another voice. Right, right. This is Elizabeth Knapp, right? This is Elizabeth Knapp, right. correct. And um, and so that story <laughs> gripped me so much. I said, I, <laughs> I have to. First of all, I have to write about this this story. Second of all, I have to go to these places. So this story actually took me up to. Um, to Groton, and uh, I was able to actually physically touch the sermons that were preached about on this, um, you know, written on parchment, yellowed parchment, black flowing script, fragile. Um, I was able to touch these 350 year old documents, journals, notes. Uh, so when you talk about, you know, <laughs> uh, research, I really went the extra, yeah, really. extra, extra mile to to really drive home this story, and um, and that's what you'll find in the book. But that's that's one of the stories um, on the personal level. <laughs> one of the um, here's where it the gets personal, real, folks. <laughs> yeah, on the the personal story is uh, is chapter three, and that's probably well. That's the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I've experienced a lot of things. I've experienced a lot of, uh, you know, midnight strangulations, chokings, suppressions, stealing my my breath. Uh, you know, just you know, demonic assaults and that of you know in that mm-hmm. kind of capacity. Um, but this was the first time. Um, it had ever manifested itself and and physically touched my form, you know, physically touched me. And and the story is is um, it's uh, I was I had moved into a a home a family member had uh, had left and uh, um, after losing my job I uh, I had an apartment and, and uh, so I had to leave and so I moved into this home because no one was using it and. Uh, one night, uh, I was I was there, and uh, I I started to smell this smell, this chemical rotten sort of smell, and uh, and I started started going, you know. So I get up, I go downstairs, and I'm trying to s- sniff out where the source yeah, is. You know, it's not the garbage. It's not the the trash come you know it's not the the, <laughs> right. the the trash thing you know the in the sink you know um and so i'm sniffing around sniffing around and then i i look up at the uh um the ac vent in the ceiling and i i take a chair and i jump up on the chair and it's coming from the vent so this rot is blowing in my face and i say okay well maybe it's something up there you know i've smelled rat dead rats before yeah. in the attic and things of that nature so i get get off the chair and i go and i cut the power to the ac <clears throat> jump back on the chair 
and the thing is still blowing the that rotten chemical Ooh. thing still beating on my face without any electrical assistance it's just blowing on its own so at this point i have a sneaky suspicion <laughs> something demonic is going on something ain't right y'all something's not right in the house so i go back upstairs it was late <clears throat> And I go back upstairs and I go up to the second, uh, the, the room was on the second floor. And uh, I go to, uh, you know, I, I try to go to sleep. And, uh, and underneath, so beneath my eyes, I see, under my eyelids, I see a flash in the light. And uh, I'm like, you know, what the heck was that? <laughs> and so I, I roll back over and then I just kind of like, uh, uh, um, from the darkness, I hear something call my name, and it says, Michael. It was long and slithering through the darkness. It sounded very close, but very far, like from a cave, but it, was, it sounded very close. Hmm. So I rolled over, and I, when I rolled over, there was something at my bedside and it was a figure in black. It was tall, lanky, with crooked shoulders. And it was, it's, you could see a semblance of its face under its hood, um, deep set black eyes, um, just dead. You know, like you have like a shine in your eyes and yeah. you know, glimmer in yeah. your eyes. This was just pure deadness. Like, like matte black. Like, yeah, like just dead. And it was looking down at me, its head was, was was crocked and its smile was a mocking menacing smile and its hand was crawling up my chest and it had it was claws and it was crawling up my chest towards my neck and um and that was the first time i felt um the spiritual enter the natural and there was um and it was freaky because Part of it, it was as much as it was a th um, 3D physical form, as much as it was physical, it was spiritual. Because when I looked down at its at its gown, um, it it was it was flowing. It was like in strips of rectangular strips of black and gray, and they were moving like underwater. And I remember thinking like. There's like a really cool movement to its to his thing, right. and uh, and uh, but it but it was as much physical as it was spiritual, and I could see through part of the bottom of that uh, of its of its cloak or robe, and uh, and that's and it and that form at that time it was and it was 333 so the clock is flashing 333 333 it's like you know red numbers just flashing mm -hmm. and uh so basically that was the scariest thing because that was the first time it it had um i had seen it and it had touched me and it was physically touching my form well, about to, about to really strangle me. What interests me is is you know that in a lot of ways it sounds very similar to Night Hag um, sleep paralysis, but the fact that you said you rolled over and saw where it is 
yeah. really ups the ante here yeah. um, because all my experiences that were very similar to that same shapes everything have been during sleep paralysis night hag yeah. type syndrome and yeah. I, I feel I feel like I would be more scared if I would be able to move because sleep paralysis I'm able to in some way go you know what it's just a dream buddy you know like I can kind of trick myself but right. if I was able to move all bets are off that would definitely yeah but once uh, but uh, once it was at my bedside these things they come with a paralyzing power mm -hmm. and so i was frozen for a second it's mm -hmm. not sleep paralysis it's not yeah, no, the, that's what I said, the none of that, that stuff. rolled over first and right awake doing right it. yeah it's and it and it and and the the hatred that was emanating from it was like um you just don't, don't feel it on your your skin but you feel it burning through your body mm. and it was like boiling tar the me the menacing hatred this thing had and the disdain this thing had for me and humanity um it was just so overwhelming and so it really came with this really dark terrible power that was capable of paralyzing as well with you know with great fear yeah well you know one of the things that i've talked about with uh, night hag Stefan and and I wonder if, if this is a little bit true here as well but or, or an opportunity anyway <clears throat> um, is that uh, do these things somehow uh, feed on the fear that they produce in you um, and so this you know this thing showed up at your bedside I'm sure you were afraid um, <clears throat> and so you know was it there to, to somewhat feed on the, the the fear that you were producing much in the same way that you know night hags uh, produce fear in folks and, and, and they stick or around. Or even and, like an incubus or a succubus feeding off of sexual yeah. energy does this feed off right. of your energy. Um, well, they, you know, they want they want to produce fear. Um, and the opposite of fear is courage. So if you have courage, they don't want that. But, um, uh, but no, they produce that fear in you. I mean, it's a very, very terrible thing and terrifying thing to be woken up uh, or, you know, or to be, um, you know, it's three in the morning. So you're <laughs> kind of like yeah. not really with it at that time. And so it's a terrible, frightening thing to kind of experience in the dead of night, you know. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it's going to be a, a sudden shock, uh, you know, coupled with that um, that dreaded that dread and fear and that emanating uh power yeah um so it's a i think it's a, just a combo of everything they really have a, a great dark power that they're able to paralyze with fear mm. interesting so my so for people that are listening you know i'm not you know i, I definitely you know don't assume you're a ghostbuster here. You know, Peter. <laughs> um, nope. But twofold question here is, is what are signs that people can look for um, to, to so because, you know, we're not I think there's a big misconception that demons only possess bodies. They don't just show up in houses. Right there. There's that big because movies have kind of made it feel that way. Yeah. Um, but how can people kind of be aware? What are some things they can look for? And then how do they get help? Like that's that's the big question. Yeah. Well, first of all, like you know, the possession itself is the most extreme form, of course, and that's what fascinates us the most. Right. But outside of possession, you have harassment and you have oppression, and you have um, 
you know, there's there's various uh, forms of spirits that have various functions. And what I mean by that is there's such things as the spirits of fear or the spirits of suicide or the spirits of depression. And so when you take a look at all these things and, uh, you know, you take a look, let's, let's talk about the spirits of depression. Okay. So we talk about the spirits of depression. So what do we do? Well, I'm depressed. I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to get some pills, right? <laughs> well, the pills don't work. They're not working. So you take more, you more, take them more, take them more. And, um, but a, a lot of times these people are experiencing depressions that are spiritual in nature, mm. being influenced by outside forces without even knowing it. Right. And, and when you take a look at some of these, some of these things, and I talk about this in the book is the, some of the, some people who have killed, uh, their kids. I talk about um, Susan. Um, uh, what's her name? She killed her. She killed her five kids, and uh, she was just got on Zoloft. Yeah. And she had said to, um, uh, I, I believe it was the friend or the doctor. She says, "Do you believe in Satan? Hmm. Because I'm hearing, I hear him. I'm hearing voices." And they're telling me to kill. And that's not the only story. There's a three other people in here that, that were that were saying the same thing. And the the thing is, is that they're trying to remedy a spiritual condition by natural means, and they're never going to get free. So, you know, and that's just one interest. You know, you got, you know, spirits of lust and spirits, just various spirits that have various roles right. and then they couple up you know one of one of the stories in the bible and 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 you know this um and it talks about jesus going and there's the man uh in the caves of the gadarenes and right and so he goes across uh jesus goes across a boat in the boat and the guy the guy meets him on the shore <clears throat> and uh, he casts out uh, long story short he casts out 2000 demons from the man. Yeah, and so that just tells us that they work in tandem. It's not just, it can't, it's not just sometimes just one spiritual entity, but there are groupings of them. And this guy was going mad. He was cutting himself. He was yeah. screaming out in the night. And it was like, you know, he was living in the tombs. And uh, this guy was a real mess. He was naked. And, and um, yeah, but uh, so and what he did is Jesus casts out these these demons and they, they go into the into the swine and the herd of swine goes down the mountain and they get drowned into the sea. But that just tells us that, you know, uh, it's not doesn't have to be just one spiritual entity, but there can be many operating in the lives of of people and we're trying to remedy this spiritual condition by natural means and that's that's not going to work apparently yeah and it's interesting because you know throughout history we've seen that you know it's really at the end of the uh, anyone these things can happen to because i mean yeah you got you think immediately oh you're weak you know you're not you're already kind of like doing bad things and blah blah, blah. but then just like we were talking about earlier there's also i mean many very spiritual people can be attacked like this yes. and, and be possessed as well because they're a target. So yes, mm -hmm. sure. It's frightening. <laughs> it's very frightening. That's why I wrote the book because yeah. you know, and I just talk about five spirits operating, mm -hmm. 
operating in the world around us that yeah. just the most uh, you know the most um, familiar or the most common that says five now if you're talking about driving out 2000 demons now i don't have a whole book to write yeah, about yeah, 2000 demons but i just wanted to give people the the example the overview well, of what's happening in the spirit realm whether they know it or not yeah dante has got that book he's good <laughs> <laughs> well and, and the follow-up uh Steph, i think stefan had a, a two-part question i don't know if you have any guidance for folks uh who m- maybe have things going on yeah. Um, wh- where can they, you know, find help or how? Yeah. Or how? Right. Well, the only way to um, to combat demons and the only way to um, have power or authority um, over demons is you need somebody stronger than yourself to drive them out. And that comes in the man jesus christ so when you put your faith and your hope in jesus christ he says i give you power over all the power of the enemy to trample on snakes and scorpions and all the power of enemies so jesus himself grants us this power over the most demonic strongest most intellectual powerful beings from another world he grants us this power through himself to be able to combat them and, and have authority over them. It's only in his name. That's it. Interesting. Cause you know, I wonder, you know, cause so Jesus was born and lived and all that 2000 years ago, over 2000 years ago. How did they handle these things before that? Right. You know, like how was that handled in the old Testament? I'm, I'm really not familiar with much in terms of demonology in the, old I think Testament. they had, I think they had, um, uh, Judaic, uh, exorcists, um, because, uh, uh, there's, there's mention in it and, and Jesus is, Jesus asks no, well, you know, well, how do you cast these things out? Right. And, uh, uh, if I'm not the son of God, then how do you cast these things out? And right. so he was basically saying, I am who I say I am, and I have the power I say I have, and I come from where I say I come from, and by the power of exercising demons, this is the proof. And if this is the proof, and if, if I could do this and you can't, <laughs> how do you guys do it? But, um, but there's references in there, um, I, don't, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I, I believe that they had, they had some sort of uh, Jewish or Judaic form of exorcism. I'm not exactly sure what all that entailed, but I, I believe that they they did have that as part of the religion. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you. <laughs> now, now that may, I really want to spend some time looking into that because yeah. also would make a badass movie is a Judaic exorcist, uh-huh. <laughs> like exactly, way back yeah. in the day going yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. I love that. This is, these things have been around a long, long time, you know? It's, right. You know, this is not d- demons and everything. It's it's not something new. They've been here since, you know, since the creation, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, so, man. Uh, well, I, I will uh, – I think we wrap it up here. Um, I, I want to say thanks again for, for being on the show. If folks wanted to, to find more, more information about your book or about yourself – where could they do that? 
Uh, well, they can purchase uh, Demons Among Us on Amazon. Uh, there's a uh, Kindle version and there's the paperback version. I recommend the paperback version because uh, uh, I just enjoy holding a book. Yeah. <laughs> the, the smell of the, the smell of the ink on the pages, right? Yeah, and you get to turn, you know, you get to turn the book cover over at night. Right. And everything. Get yes. to experience the fun and terror of putting this. You get you go to read and you're like, there it is. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, so, but yeah, you can find that on Amazon. Just uh, type in uh, "Demons Among Us" uh, and look for the uh, the big white creepy face. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because there's other titles of the state title. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, and but we'll just have a looking... link on our website as well. Correct, Josh? Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. All right, cool. And uh, and also, uh, you can reach out to me at uh, Instagram at m.r.gorga and also on Facebook, uh, mrgorga. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'm telling you, man, I could sit here and talk. Josh already sees me. The, the growing up Catholic in me has, like, I could talk about this stuff all day long. <laughs> and I wish we had hours and hours, man. But thank you so much for, um, you know, listening to us, ask, you know, answering our questions, even if we put you on the spot. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yep. yeah, no, this is great. I appreciate you having me on. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. And uh, we would love to have you back anytime, sir. Yeah, anytime. Just reach out. Let me know. All right. Thank you, Mr. Gorga. Uh, make sure you guys are going to Amazon or wherever you can find his book. Please go ahead and purchase Demons Among Us because it's the bomb. So, yeah, and um, if you, you know if if you like uh, scary uh, stories uh, and and they don't keep you up at night, you know you can just read one, you know, go to sleep and not have crazy dreams. Then, then I highly recommend picking it up and reading it before bed. Uh, read it anywhere though, uh, because it is uh, packed full of just some really creepy and intense um, accounts for sure Um, but we're going to get out of here Josh uh, again thank you MR Gorga Um, again we'd love to have you on the show anytime Uh, but we're going to get out of here but before we go I want to get into our listener story here Um, I want to remind people they can send their listener stories to us at Fearscape uh, podcast at gmail.com or any of our social medias at Fearscape Pod. Submit a sighting. I don't care. Send them to me. But we have definitely been getting some cool um, alien UFO ones, and I love those. But send your ghost haunting ones as well. Uh, anyways, this story, Josh, comes from a listener named Sarah from California. And it goes a little something like this. It was the day that Malaysian Airline 370 went missing. I had been on a conference call with my lawyer to discuss setting my lawsuit against Little Caesars. Long story now, but I will go into detail if you'd like sometime down the road. Uh, I began to tingle all over my body. I have experienced this tingle in the past, but only as a result of excitement, like enjoying my favorite ice cream or seeing my uncles. Uh, This time I was getting intense visions of color and geometries. My lawyer hung up on the conference call because I had been unresponsive for at least seven minutes as he tried to get my attention several times. My skin became pale and I defecated myself. When I woke up, a gray thin being was hyperventilating over my useless body. I was numb. He blinked uncontrollably and immediately I felt calm. He had the smallest genitalia I'd ever seen, uh, inconsistent with beings that I've seen in the past. He waved his arm over me and I fell back asleep, only to awake naked back in my bed several hours later. 
you know, that's that's really interesting because a lot of and I was actually thinking about this today in a lot of the depictions that people draw mm-hmm. about all the different alien species or whatever that are supposedly visiting Earth. Uh, none of them are ever uh, drawn, 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 drawn with uh, with any type of uh, genitalia. Reproduction. I know. Yet we talk about hybrids all the time and like yeah. how there's like all this stuff going on uh, and maybe it's a husbandry type environment but yeah. or, or it's a suit i mean that's been uh yeah a number of times that it's their spacesuit. so which i mean if so that's very uncomfortable yeah <laughs> it very much is um but yeah uh, I'm, sarah i i hope that nothing bad happened um because that was um fr- that would be extra frightening um it's already yeah. scary enough to see that and then to wonder if something like that happened um, well and it and, and she said like unlike she had seen before so it makes me think that uh she's probably got a a few oh she does yeah when when uh we talked about this she had said that she's had many experiences but this was the most recent and uh here's a little tale for you um so i don't know if that was a pun intended or not um but anyways thank you sarah again send in those listener stories to us we love them we will read them every episode uh but anyways we're gonna jet and get out of here it is time to go to bed or home or whatever you're doing folks it's it's time um but josh thank you so much as usual for for being on yeah well you know how i know it's time Hmm. because i checked my wristwatch Oh, yeah. So make sure you guys are joining our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash fearscapepod or fearscapepodcast.com slash support. Uh, those are two ways to get onto our Patreon. We only have one level there. It's $9 a month. It's fantastic. We fill you with all kinds of great information. Uh, if you've been following the show, you know that we have been getting emails from the man claiming to be Terry Wrist. And boy, oh boy, has it been... Uh, remarkable the things that yep. we've recently found out um, gotten some information on I mean we spent a two hour call with me Santosh and Olaf just looking at coordinates and yep. digging into stuff and digging into stuff and it and, is uh, fascinating hear, hearing uh, you know uh, through through Olaf Alan Greenfield's thoughts on the whole matter so yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. yeah we've got Alan Greenfield's uh, you know approval to take a look at this and digging deeper as he's you know he he feels pretty good about it too that we're on the right path so we're going to keep on keeping on with this and we're going to share little bits here um but you know this is a great way for you to help us support us uh or even just be a part of it since we don't have a full podcast to donate or to you know to dedicate to it yeah. Uh, but yeah josh let's get out of here man uh mr garga check him out demons among us this has been stefan i will uh catch you on the flip side and don't forget to keep your eyes on the skies This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.